All right, before we kick off the Fight Game podcast with John LaRocca and myself, Double G, we're going to talk about On the Hook, which is the new Blue Wire podcast uh, hosted by boxer Abner Mares. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Abner's new podcast, On the Hook, we'll hear from him, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man that he is. They'll talk about the state of boxing, Abner's American dream, and being a husband and a girl dad listen to on the hook with abner mars wherever you get your podcast episodes in english out on tuesday and episodes in spanish out on wednesday what up what up everybody this is double g for the fight game podcast john it is one week until the NXT version of Halloween Havoc. We've been leading up on our Monday podcast, generally Monday, to the WCW version of Halloween Havoc, Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. There is a Halloween theme. We are we in the day that we're recording this, we're still over a week to go. But I know you and your family are gigantic fans of Halloween. I've seen photos of your home. Your wife is sharing stuff. Mm-hmm. What it? What is the deal with Halloween and the Laracas? Oh, we love Halloween here. We love Halloween just like we love Christmas. So um, if you've seen the pictures of our house for Halloween, wait till you see the pictures for our house for Christmas. It's going to be <laughs> the uh, the Griswolds, but they'll be at the Laracas and... Um, not much going on on the street. Our street is kind of bare with decorations. You know, some people put up stuff late, so we'll see what happens next week. But there's only like us and the house across the street, and and maybe a couple hand, little things here on some people's porches. But so we're holding it down here on, on my street for the uh, festivities for Halloween. I saw our buddy Mike Gilbert from uh, the Combat Republic. He posted something on Facebook today that made me laugh. He's like. What is the fascination with Halloween this year? All I've been doing is wearing a mask and eating candy. This is like a normal day to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be weird this year. We don't know if you're being trick-or-treating or we do not. Our neighbor did say they, they'll have candy just in, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. We we don't know what it's going to We might just have, well, my, in-law, my, my in-laws will be here. My parents will be here. Um, I think we're just mainly going to do just a party with for the kids and mm-hmm. And have fun that way. Do just do 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 Halloween just a little tad bit different this year. All right, I've been talking uh, on the podcasts this week that I'm really going to cut down on the intro because I was doing some long intros, just kind of laying out the things that we were doing. We were in the G1, all that stuff. So quick and dirty intros here. Just go check out the shows that we've done. We did the book club with Keith Greenberg. I had mentioned I'm going. I was going to put some YouTube stuff up. I I didn't record the video correctly, so it's literally just Keith, and you can't see anybody else. But I am going to cut some some of the the stuff that he said, and we'll put that on YouTube. But it'll just be Keith. I I'm not going to put the full thing up. 
I'll figure out how to do that and make sure I do it right the next time we do this. And then obviously the the podcast with John Moxie, it's getting a lot of good little buzz. A couple of the Twitter videos that I put together, people are having a lot of fun with. I saw uh, Josh Barnett uh, tweeted the the whole podcast. Someone had tagged him in it. And uh, he does talk about Josh at the end because Josh is fighting a, a bare knuckles fight uh, this weekend. So all that stuff. It's out there. It's fun. Uh, getting a kick out of uh, you know the feedback and the people who are who are loving it. The other thing I wanted to promote a little bit is the website. We are gonna do. We are gonna be doing some pretty cool things with the website pretty soon. We're kind of getting it in gear. Um, we're getting a little bit more organized, a little bit more structured. We're trying to make the content a little bit more consistent. We've added a couple guys to the writing staff. Andy Marshall is basically. Uh, I, I'm giving him like the the day the sort of weekly WWE beat. He watches. He's still watching all the shows. Um, Chris Aiken is is still going to be doing some stuff. Probably a little bit more on NXT uh, and preview stuff. And we've also added a uh, JD Oliva, who's gonna something we've never written about on this website, which is about amateur wrestling. And there was a conversation on Twitter because he's, you know, he's big in that scene. And and there's, you know, one of the one of the main guys in that was like, why is it amateur? Like, that's sort of a dated term. It's really like collegiate, Olympian, international. And so JD's going to figure that out. But I think because we cover pro wrestling, that is an interesting distinction to, to make sure that, you know, when people click on something, that it is... Uh, an amateur style. So JD's going to figure that out. I think he understands, you know, bringing a new subject to our audience. So he's going to be writing about amateur wrestling. Um, and, you know, obviously we got uh, Carlos. He, he's going to start a new, a new thing on kind of like the weight classes in boxing and, and what some of the matchups could be and who the top guys are. And, uh, you know, we got Robert Silva coming up probably next week. We're going to pick up another project from him having to do with knockouts. So the website in of itself is starting to pick up. And so you'll see more posts uh, a little bit more frequently. And also, you know, the podcasts will be up there easily accessible on the website, too. So check out fightgamemedia.com and let me know. Uh, what you think? Uh, fight uh, the the Gmail uh, if, if you want to reach out to us and get and give us your feedback. Fight game pod pod at gmail dot com is the email address. So you know, let us know if there's something that we're not covering that you think we can cover, or you know, if you're like, hey, I can write about this. Like, talk to me. We'll 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 you know we'll get on the phone or get on the zoom and, and see if, uh, if there's that opportunity. The, uh, the other thing for John and I is we've decided starting in January of 2021, after we, we get finished with this 1992 WCW, we'll finish out the month of, uh, the, the, we're at the end of October here. We'll get through November, we'll get through December. And then starting in January, we're going to go on another historical beat, which is 1997 raw. We decided that we're going to go that way. There's a bigger project that we have kind of, you know, we're, we're working on it, but that 97 Raw will sort of be a part of that bigger project. So we'll, I'll keep everybody in the loop on what we're doing. But 97 Raw, it, you know, as we know, that was kind of the, the turning point or the beginnings of the turning point for, for WWE basically to, to get where they are today. And honestly... I've never seen all of it. 
I've seen lots of the episodes, but I wasn't watching WWE regularly back then. I wasn't watching it weekly. So there's going to be stuff that I've never seen before, and I'm pretty interested in reliving all of that. Yeah, I watched it, but I don't remember a lot of it. I mean, I probably know like the bigger bigger moments, but um be interesting to see just uh, the week-to-week stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the one thing is that it is a two-hour show, so very much like WCW Saturday Night. You know, that it's a little bit harder to do the two-hour shows because when we were doing the 93 Raws, those were a piece of cake because they're all like 43 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. So we're, it's a little bit more uh, intensive for us. But um, I, th- I think it's the way to go. Obviously, Dave Meltzer has his new book out. I'll, I'll be using that, you know, as a resource, like constantly as, as we're talking about this stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so that's kind of what we're what we're going to be doing in the in the the near future. We'll have a couple shows this weekend. We'll have a show talking about the UFC 254. Do you have any thoughts on uh, quick thoughts on Gaethje and Khabib? Uh, my, my gut says Khabib, so that's who I'm going with right now. So on our on our podcast with Moxley, he he basically laid out the blueprint for how Gaethje can win that fight, mm-hmm. and. Basically, this is. I'm, I mean, he he he's kind of being funny, so it's not like he's. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm uh, breaking his trust in any way. But he he emailed me and he was like, you know, if Gaethje wins this match, everybody owes me an apology because everyone's picking Khabib. Like Gaethje's like a tremendous underdog still. So mm-hmm. if Gaethje wins, there may be a public apology uh, on our UFC 254 recap show because. Uh, Moxley said he's betting the house on Gaethje. Yeah, I mean, you know, anyone can win, right? I mean, it's a uh, Gaethje's dangerous. He can strike from any any direction, and uh, he can catch. Could be coming in on one of those takedowns. Uh, he's fast enough to do it. I just think Khabib is a relentless beast, and I think he'll get him down and pound him down. So um, it's, uh, um, I think he has a lot to fight for too. You know, uh, you know, for his father. Um, a lot of emotion on his shoulders for that. I think he wants to honor him with a big win. So I'm just kind of going with uh, I'm going with Khabib. I think he I think he's going to do it. And also, I'm a big fan of that guy too. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy his fights, even though some people might not. But I enjoy when a guy could grab a guy and just control him. And I think he'll do it here as well. Did you see the thing about Michael Chandler? Basically, as the He's the um, the person who's waiting in line just in case someone like doesn't pass a, a COVID test or misses weight uh, or something. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's a good idea, though, right? I mean, it's tough for guys to train and peak for possible, you know, no fight that they'll have. But, I mean, uh, we talked about that before. You know, they should kind of, in ways, do that. I like the idea of, like, you know, Chandler could have had a fight that card. If something happens and he just gets the spot, but because he's not just training and peaking for nothing, but um, um, I like to see them. I'd like to see Mac on that card, but uh, I'm gonna try to watch it live. I'm gonna see. Uh, I'm gonna call up my homie Matt De La Rosa. You know him really well, so we're mm-hmm. gonna see if we can get together like we did last weekend for the boxing fight. Oh, you guys watched the Lomachenko fight? Yeah, yeah. Went over his house and uh, we social distance in this fan room and we watched the fight together. It was, it was, uh, it was fun, a lot of fun and uh, entertaining fight. Weird seeing no fans there. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know why because I'm used to it wrestling and yeah, I guess yeah. we got fans now. But like you know, used to all the 
empty arena stuff. And but for some reason, maybe just because the first time I really watched, sat down and watched a boxing match in a while. Yeah, it just it just kind of was just a little jarring, you know. And you know how important it was too. It's like man, it's like this historic fight's happening now, and it's like no one's around. You'd think they try to put it off, but that's cool on them. I thought I, I had Lopez winning at the end. Yeah, you know, I, I I thought he won i thought that one score was kind of crazy but <laughs> yeah it was, uh, that score was pretty crazy and i also was entertained by poor lopez was just beat you know you could tell he, he took some big shots he was tired and worn out and they're trying to interview him he's standing up you know he's just like <laughs> just wants to bail and go get out of there you yeah know? yeah yeah no i'm I'm glad you guys uh watched it. it it was a good fight i you know we i talked to robert and um and Carlos, after the fight, you know, we were talking about it, and uh, the right guy won. At the end of the day, Definitely. the the right the right guy won. Had uh, you know that that twelfth round where Lopez, at least to me, Lopez had lost eight, nine, ten, eleven, and then he comes out in that twelfth round, and it looks like Lomachenko is going to win that round. And had Lomachenko won that round on my card. He would have won because I had one of the I had one of the rounds as a draw round, so I didn't have the you know the the even rounds like 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 the the other cards. So if he would have won on my card, I would have had Lomachenko winning by one point. But he pulls that thing like just the last minute and a half. He just got that that young man's strength at the end there, and he just fought so well. I, I you know we we talked about it possibly being like you know when you, when you look back at Tufimo Lopez's career, like what's the moment that begins this great rise. And I think it could be that moment yeah. that just that 12th round was awesome. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. Cause I, you know, Matt was, uh, you know, he, I know he's got his opinions on the UFC. So I, that, that's kind of fun that you're going to watch that with him. Yeah. It's not official yet, but, uh, it's been working out and you know, it's my only little social get together lately. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's totally, a, but you know, I still have to navigate with the family and find some time. Yep. Yep. All right. So uh, we're going to do our thing, you know, our normal AEW and NXT reviews. But before that, I want to quickly talk about Indeed. John, I don't, who does, you know, you don't do the recruiting in your no. company. But if you did, I think you'd probably go check out Indeed. I've talked about my team, uh, you know, my company next door. I, I reached out to, to one of my recruiters and I was like, hey, you know, what do you guys do? How do you guys use Indeed? She's like, yep, we use Indeed. You know, we do X, Y, and Z. Uh, and so, you know, Indeed is just really a, a really great resource. I've, I've mentioned in previous ads at, in how, you know, I'm looking at websites and like, what are the best places to go for, for job stuff? And Indeed is always on the top of the list. They're the number one job site in the world because they get you the best people and fast. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time. There are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners of the Fight Game Podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So check it out. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through December 31st and terms and conditions apply. All right. Before we even get to the likes and dislikes, we don't usually do this. But the most polarizing segment on that AEW show 
was the Jericho MJF Broadway production in the restaurant. And I'm sure it fits into your likes or dislikes, but I just want to talk about that thing first. So A, tell me which section it's in. And B, what did you think about the whole thing, sort of just song and dance breaking out into the middle of a show and sort of what it reminded you of in, in previous in, in wrestling history? Um, it's my number one dislike. Um, I was couldn't believe what I was watching and not in a positive way. Um, if this would have happened, they would have done this with some two mid-card guys, you know, like just mid-card talent. I probably would be like, ah, this is stupid, but also wouldn't be upset about it. But this is main event guys, right? This is money guys. This is a future money feud, a big pay-per-view buy rate, I think. Um, if they, it's done correctly and they do this and just really just, it's like, man, this is one of those things like just the one of those, those spots where you're embarrassed. People are going to walk in a room and you're watching like, what is this? It's like, not is this wrestling now. You know, I was a little embarrassed. This is Paul Bearer probos on WF superstars to me. Um, and my dad would walk in and just, just, Give me a dirty look for still watching <laughs> wrestling. Um, I just don't understand. With I know they're trying to do something outside the box, something shocking, something to get people to talk. They sure did, but I just don't understand why it has to be with these two top guys that could be a, a big-time money feud. I, it definitely took my interest down on their program. Um I liked everything leading up to it. I thought it was entertaining. And then they broke out in the song. And and I was like, oh, man. So, um, yeah, it makes me makes me question why I'm still watching wrestling. <laughs> At least modern wrestling, I guess. So, uh, just uh, it's a big disappointment. Okay, so I was also a negative on this segment. Uh, Paul Fontaine in our Fight Game podcast group, he put the segment up and he said, Yay, nay, WTF, and, <laughs> and and I think you know I, I didn't I didn't look at it late tonight, but as of maybe this afternoon, it was uh, I think it was like twenty five to fourteen, yay over nay, and I sort of get I sort of understand if somebody liked it because it was wacky. If if you enjoy the wacky in your wrestling. Um, I can see why you enjoyed it. It was well, <laughs> I guess you could say it was well done for Jericho and MJF. Like, I don't know how many takes it took to to get that final thing. Maybe it was only one. But, you know, they, they, they had to probably go into a sound studio and sing so that they could lip sync over that. They had to learn a little, a couple of uh, steps here and there, uh, you know, in their little routine. And so from an effort standpoint, I was like, oh, you know, they did a great job. But much like you, like, that's not my style uh, of wrestling. Um, But, and then I started to think, what did it remind me of? And I started to think back of when WWE would do some really funny stuff with uh, Austin and Kurt Angle wearing the little cowboy hat and singing Kumbaya. Um, Rock and Austin uh, singing... uh, What were they singing? Like Jimmy Buffett or something at the end of a Raw show. 
the rock concert where he's singing songs, you know, to to set up his match. Um, and so, you know, this is your life rock. Like all of those segments are very memorable, but they were not really wrestling. They were, you know, sort of improv, I guess you would say. This was not improv. This was a little bit different than that. I sort of saw it as like a little bit of like variety hour, like the Muppet show or something. Oh, <laughs> Muppet show and a wrestling show. That's, that's, that's but, but like, that's what the Muppet show was, right? Like there, there was, uh, you know, you had puppets and then you had, you know, real humans interact with the puppets. And then, you know, there would be songs and there would be skits and there would be comedy. And I think that they were trying to do uh, a few things now, you know, to me, that's not really what I want out of wrestling. But at the same time, you know, I continue to say that I also realize that I am not necessarily their demographic for this show. They are leaning, you know, they, they are they are trying to produce a show for a, probably a little bit younger of a fan. Um, you know, maybe someone who is a little bit open-minded about what pro wrestling should be than myself. And I understand that like that, that's completely their right. I mostly, um, you know, when I think about what that segment was, I think originally when I, when I saw the sit down and then the ordering of the steak, I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is funny, but there's got to be a punchline. What's the punchline? Mm-hmm. And I think when they went into the song and dance, that was probably a little bit overboard. And if I would have, if they would have done something a little, you know, they could be over the top. You could, there is tons of wacky in wrestling that is entertaining and that works. The the song and dance thing, I think, was a little bit more over the top for me. But if they had done something else, you know, if they had done, you know, uh, duck season, wabbit season, you know, like Daffy Duck and, and Bugs Bunny, which you'll see in wrestling sometimes, I think I would have been like, oh, that was funny. You know, that was kind of a, it was a good time to do that. But then they did this over the top thing. And much like you, I was like, ah, that's just not what I wanted to see. But I wasn't super offended because... I saw. Okay, I get what uh, you know. I get that. I'm just. I'm not this. I'm not the 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 person. You know, my, you know, mid forties demographic, early to mid forties demographic. Like, they are looking for somebody else, somebody younger, somebody who plays video games, probably. Um, but like, it, it was what it was, and I, I wasn't embarrassed. Like, you know, you said that you said the Paul Bear thing. That that is. Like the the last couple times I've been super embarrassed watching wrestling has been WWE pay per views, but that I wasn't embarrassed because there was actual talent in what they were doing. Like MJF, you know, he's I think he sang a cappella or something in high school. We know Jericho's a singer, so there was talent in what they did. But I don't I I don't know if it was necessarily the the right rhythm for what I want to see in pro wrestling. Yeah, I'm guessing most people of the likes in our group or the yays in our group, if it was WWE, they would put nay just because I think... I think if it was... I think it has to do with the two people. If it was Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt, absolutely it would have been a nay. But if it was, you know, talented people who could actually pull that off, I'm not quite sure. But I, I just don't know who in WWE could have done that. Oh, I, I don't know either. But, uh, uh, you know, I just, 
I don't know. I just don't. I just really made me went from a, a storyline that was really interesting to me to kind of being like, I don't know if I really want to invest, but we'll see what they come up with. After. I don't. Want to see, I don't understand where does what does what, what benefits other than getting some water cooler talk this week. Like, where's the better faith? The actual story is what I want to is what I want to know. You know, is this was that the the coming together of these of these two top heels or are we going to have continuing this cat and mouse chase of MGF joining the inner circle? Well, now, yeah, now we're having next week, we're having a, t- a town hall, right? With the, yeah. uh, so who knows what's going to happen there? Maybe they'll bust out in the sister act, uh, song or something. <laughs> but, I don't know. What, what's Lauren Hill doing? Yeah. Yeah. Ready <laughs> or not. Right. Um, um, it's it. Yeah. I just don't understand where, it, how it benefits the story. I think you're. I think you're right in that they're just continuing that cat and mouse game. They are stringing this thing along because they know that it's going to do well in the ratings. Now, because of the competition, the World Series and, and whatever else, both They're shows yeah. rated down uh, what they what they did last week. But they also know that you know Jericho and MJF together, they're going to get eyeballs. They they can keep you know it's sort of like this is this is not ex- an exact comparison but Sasha Banks and Bailey together on SmackDown on Raw on NXT on pay per views they were an absolute one hundred percent bona fide winning act but the second you split them up and I know the idea is to split them up because you want to lead to this blood feud and you know you want people just oh we can't wait to see them fight. I don't know if I've been least interested in a WWE pay-per-view in my entire life than Hell in a Cell. And they are on that that show. They are they are having a grudge match on that show. And if they were together in a tag facing whomever, I would be so much more interested in watching them as a team than this supposed blood feud of best friends turned bitter enemies and and so to me, I think, you know, you put Jericho and, and MJF together, and I think they're trying to get to that level of, you know, maybe what Sasha and Bailey had become to where they just become the segment that you just cannot wait to watch every week. And eventually they will too have to split up and have this blood feud. But I think that's kind of what they're going for. And it'll be interesting to see if they can get there. I you know, if they could get to Sasha and Bailey, that would be awesome because that's the best thing WWE's done in at least this year for sure. I don't know about you know. I'd have to think about it, but like that, if you could, you could complain about WWE for all you want, but that those two women together were so awesome, and you know that was such a winning thing. And if you could achieve that with with MJF and Jericho, I think you got a, I think you got a winning act too. But I, you know, like you said, I think I think they're just trying to string it along because. You know, we talked about in the beginning when they got together. What's cool about this is we know that they are not destined mm-hmm. to wrestle at full gear. They are destined to, whether it's double or nothing, or you know, whether it's even maybe all out. You know, the next all out, whatever it is, they are going to get there. But it seems like they're they're taking this thing pretty slow. Well, what concerns me is that they go too slow on things. Mm-hmm. That that's definitely that's definitely. I think that I think if someone has that opinion, I think it's valid on some of the stuff that they're doing. But you know, what is the right pace? It's either too fast, like a lot of the WWE stuff, or it's too slow, like you know, I 
I, I don't know what the right rhythm is for this stuff, but you know, it's 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 interesting to see how how both companies kind of are doing things oppositely. Like that. it's it's a feeling out process, honestly. I mean, do you have like for me, if I had a longer storyline, like I know my ending, and then I then I know my steps to get there, right? And I'll be like, I want it to end at uh, this show on December. And so like one of my main storylines, I started that in basically I started out in, um, in June really leading in and, and really kicked into gear in August. And then I kept making steps and steps each, each show. Um, but you have to like lay it all out. I don't know if this is really laid out, laid out as much as I think they, from what I see from AEW, I think they have a somewhat of a plan, but I don't think it's as detailed laid out. Um, I think they were, they kind of just kind of, some things are fly by and they're throwing stuff together. I just don't understand why they would do this for such a, uh, two, you know, two guys. Like I said, this could be like something we man, we really got, we can't wait to see, you know, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't understand how this musical number benefits the story. Is it just, is it's, I don't know. Makes me. I don't know. Does it doesn't make me really want to continue? We'll see if they can get it on track next week for me. But um, I was just. I was bummed about. I was really disappointed in it. And um, I mean, they're they two charismatic guys. They're not rocking Austin. You know, they can't carry goofy segments as much as those guys. Those guys can carry anything. They can carry anything. But um, I don't know. I. I would like to see them get back to some... I mean, there's a lot of goofiness in AEW. There's tons of it. Um, I would like to see some seriousness. After the goofiness I saw Jericho and Orange Cassidy, I would like to get back to the uh, the painkiller um, of the early stuff. And, and I would like to see a struggle between MJF and Jericho, you know, jockeying for who's the leader of the group if, if he gets in or, you know... I want to see that built up to where I can't wait that they go at it. But I mean, they start doing musical numbers and now that, you know, I'm sure this got a lot of attention. I know obviously it did, you know, people were talking about it. Will they be into that um, mode that WWE got? People talked about the Boneyard match and, you know, people were raving about mm-hmm. it. They know they're doing cinematic matches like almost every pay-per-view. Um, will we get that with this? Will we see more of these kind of, musical numbers you know if that's the case then i don't know it's stuck it's gonna be it's gonna definitely lose its its steam and i think it may have made our has and you know maybe, maybe this is jumping the shark i don't know we'll see how next week does rating wise and and uh we'll see how um we have to see how things go in the future there's i i'm really concerned about this stuff right now with the what they're doing here all right, so let's talk about the likes on this show since we're on the AEW beat. My number one favorite thing on the entire show was Kenny Omega's entrance, his heel announce, like the the, the Justin Roberts just reeling off all of these uh, all these accolades, which I think makes uh, makes Big Dave a heel as well as Kenny Omega a heel. Um, the entrance with the cheerleaders, the cleaner. The brooms, sunny kiss, let's shake hands, boom, V-trigger, boom, one-winged angel, let's get out of here. That was my favorite thing on the whole show. Yeah, I had on my likes, too. I, I'm glad someone finally beat someone quickly in this damn show. And I was I was praying to God this was going to be in a back-and-forth match. And 
Um, it was exactly what he needed to be. He, you know, he should be killing Sonny Kiss. Sonny Kiss should not even be in the ring with him. So, um, this was uh, this was very good. I liked the I liked his entrance. I thought that was good heel stuff. Um, you know, that just I liked the whole things with the girls and the brooms. I thought that was funny and you know added to his heel persona. And I liked what he did after too. He you know all of a sudden he's concerned about Sunny Kiss mockingly. You know, but just a little touch where you don't know if he really maybe really does or he doesn't. So I think this is the best stuff that Kenny Mega's done on the show in a long time. So um, I liked it. I liked it as well. So, um, I think the other thing that I wanted to add about this... So, obviously, Joy Janela was supposed to be part of this. I'm assuming it was going to be exactly the same thing. I would hope. Uh, with, with, with Janela. Uh, he, he was... I, I don't know if he tested positive for COVID, but I think they uh, someone had tested positive for COVID and he was you know, around them or something. So that's why he got pulled off the show. So Sonny Kiss was in his spot. And uh, and so as as I'm watching this super over-the-top entrance uh, in our in our Fight Game podcast group, every week we do the uh, the live AEW Dynamite thread. Some some weeks are bigger than than others, but this week was pretty big. I think people were pretty jazzed about this show. And so I'm watching this entrance and I literally just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm also cooking dinner. So I'm kind of doing two things at once and I pull up my phone and I'm like, V trigger, one winged angel, let's go home. And so then it happens and I was like, I can't believe that they actually did it. Cause we talk about, you know, every week on this, when we talk about the show, they do not like to do squashes. They like to do competitive matches a lot like that's kind of their key they want good matches on tv and even the folks who maybe are, are not even in the mid card they want and, and i'm assuming a lot of this is the wrestlers too like they don't want to just squash all these people because this is their company and they're bringing all of these people to their company and i was just so happy to see it i was like finally they you know this is exactly what kenny omega needed so it, I, I was really i really love that they have to understand you have to beat guys quickly and girls quickly. You had to get people over. You can't get over by just having, you know, competitive matches all the time. There has to be some kind of levels to who's on top, who's the mid card, and who's the job guy, you know? So, um, to me, this made, gave Kenny Mega some, some oomph, you know, that what he needed because he hasn't been on TV in a while. Hasn't wrestled, well, he's hasn't wrestled in a while. I think since they lost the tag team tiles, I believe. So, um, no, this is what exactly what this, cleaner Kenny Omega character needed. All right. What else was on your likes list? I liked some good old pro wrestling they had, which is basically John Moxley's promos and Eddie Kingston's promos. I just, yeah, basic, those are really good. Basic, just building up a match. Um, uh, we've, I, like I called it last week. They're definitely building an I quit match. It's pretty easy to see that was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like it. Simple. They have an issue. One guy has an issue. The other guy, he wants revenge on something. Moxley's doesn't, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, he's gonna shut this guy up finally, shut his mouth, and it's just simple, simple stuff. Um, and honestly, I wasn't really that crazy about seeing John Moxley for Eddie Kingston, but when they cut these promos, I said, "Sure, I'm in. I'm in now for the I Quit match." Yeah. And um, I thought even Moxley, uh, or, or sorry, excuse me, uh, Eddie Kingston. 
Austin did a really good job, continued to do a good job when he was uh, doing commentary for with, uh, for the Ray Phoenix Pentagon match. Is it me or is he doing a um, uh, Tracy? Uh, who, who's the comic with the Trace, with the with the Trace, gurgly voice? Tracy uh, Morgan. Tracy Morgan. Is he doing like a Tracy Morgan impersonation sometimes? <laughs> like his I voice. Don't know. His voice is very. Uh, familiar to me uh, mm-hmm. and then I was like thinking about it I was like you know because so, you know he doesn't always talk you know he talks he talked differently during the promo than he did when he was doing the color commentary but I, I did like you know he's busting JR's balls yeah yeah <laughs> you know he's and then, and then he's agreeing with like Shivani and I thought I thought that was a, a really good good add to that match with uh, with Penta well it was much Phoenix. needed I'll tell you that you know what I, I knew you were going to say that and I did not think that that match was perfect in in any way, right? It, it it was a it was a match where these guys are trying to do a whole bunch of things, and it's not perfect, and they're missing, and they're hurting each other. Mm-hmm. But for a match that is, uh, you know, was put in that spot, I I thought for the most part, I thought it was exciting. Again, it wasn't a great match in any way, and then you know, poor Penta did actually got hurt in that in that in that Phoenix. match. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, Phoenix. But I, I just thought that, you know, from an excitement standpoint, those guys, you know, know each other uh, as well as anybody because they're brothers. And uh, I thought they worked really well together. But that style is going to allow for sloppy things and for risky things and, you know, missing things. And so, I, I you know, I'm sort of okay knowing that going in. But I thought that was really, it was a really good... Um, you know, for for what this show was, which I thought the show in general felt really fresh and exciting, and I thought that added to it. I didn't think that that took away from that. Well, we'll talk about that in a little, in a little bit. Uh, we're still in the likes, right? So, uh, yeah, no, it was in one of my likes. I oh, really, that was oh, okay. I, I okay, that segment we, we can talk about it. No, I I think people are going to overrate the hell of this match. When I, once 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 I started watching, I was like, oh, people are going to go crazy. But I didn't even what, think of it in in a rating sense uh, of like, oh, this is an X star match. I was like, you know what? No, uh, I don't believe in star ratings anymore, so I didn't wasn't rating that. I'm just saying, like people. <laughs> People were gonna be like, "Oh, this is so great!" And this, like, but they did a lot of moves. They did some cool stuff. They did some, you know, like like that that flip powerbomb thing was nuts, right? Um, but it was very sloppy. And once again, I see this a lot with AEW. We saw it with Moxley and Archer. They do a bunch of stuff, but no one is freaking covering people. No one is is telling is is making me believe anyone wants to win this match. It just feels like. This dude's jerking off and want to do their spots and it's like it, it feels like to me like when I would go see um, uh, just indie matches like that's just the style is you know, we're I know about you, that on you, a, we're talking about that on a freaking national television show or but, but I mean that show. that's the style that sort of created the company right like like when I okay so for instance I go to an AP, APW show which. Nine times out of ten, I'm thoroughly entertained at an APW show. But that style, which is move, 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 that is just sort of what you what you get when you go to that, and 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 that is also what you get at PWG, and it is also I'm assuming what you get at other indies because that was sort of the style that made the indies, you know, really in vogue again. 
But so knowing that about that company, I, I, you know, I, I, not that I give them a, a lemming for doing that, but I fully expect them to do that. Like, I, I didn't have the Jungle Boy uh, match in my likes or dislikes, but I'm watching him, and you know he's getting beat up by Wardlow, and I'm like, oh, he's got a comeback here. He, uh, there's going to be a, an awesome comeback. And then when he did the comeback, I was a little deflated because the comeback was like big move, big move, big move, big move. And there was like, he didn't pause once. He didn't look to the crowd once. You could see him tunnel vision that, okay, I did this move. Now I got to do this move. Now I got to do this move. And I was like, ah, like all he needed to do was throw like a right hand and Wardlow could kind of like wobble a little bit. Another right hand, he wobbles. One more right hand, and he's almost on his, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the ground, and then he hits one high spot, and then Wardlow goes down, and then the crowd goes nuts. But he just went, you know, he went move, 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 and then I was like, hmm, okay, I didn't like that comeback, and then Wardlow won the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That we'll talk about that one too. But on <laughs> on, <laughs> on uh, you know, on Penta and Phoenix, like I said, like they do this style and they do a bunch of moves. And I get it, I get it. But you know, now you, we're you lived it. What are you talking about? You were in the you were in the back while these guys were doing stuff. Like yeah, that. but we also, honestly, in fairness to people that probably didn't watch APW, we didn't do exactly PWG style. We no, had no, matches, no. we had matches, you know that you know told stories and yeah, yeah, you yeah. know there was matches at times when you when Marcus would book a lot of these. Any darling guys would, you know, because we we booked Penta and Cody, and they sure. did that. They did the exact same match. They did, yeah, like, yeah. They did a bunch of moves. No, and and I only say that because not to say that you were mad at anything, but you know, your instinct is not those kind of matches, and so we would talk about it after. And so I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, like I just want to see if you're going to do a pro wrestling match, like show that someone wants to win this thing, not just to do a bunch of rooms. Someone needs to cover a guy every once in a while. Someone in the back on the headset say, cover, someone cover someone, Mm -hmm. you know, because show me you want to win this match. And it's just, it's very indie. Yeah. Very indie stuff. And I don't want to see indie AEW. I, I, I can go to the local rec center. Well, not right now, but, but when, when we finally ever do get, Indies going again. I can go and I can like, okay, these guys are just green and young and they, you know, they're, they're not the speed yet, but you know, hopefully they will get it one day. Mm-hmm. But like now we're in, you know, cable television, we're in a big promotion. It's, we see a million moves on the show. It's like, let's slow it down just a tad bit. I'm not saying like go full, you know, 1980s, but like, let's slow it down tad bits and tell some good story. Cause a lot of this stuff just runs, bleeds together to me. And I'm not saying eight, eight NXT is perfect either. I'm just saying, like, I would just like to see some people actually win the match. Just like, like, like I said last week, I, was, I, had, I watched that Moxley and Archer match. Mm-hmm. And they literally, there was one pin attempt. Now was the DET to open the match. And they literally just did moves and fought and not even try to pin each other through the commercial break out of the commercial break until they started going home and started their finishing sequence. At one point, one guy gets hit by a chair. I think mocked the guy a chair. Or maybe Archer hit mocked a chair. It doesn't even cover him. You hit the guy with the chair. Same here with you. They hit a big move and it's like no cover. Mm-hmm. So um, just, you know, throw covers here and there. 
sell me that you're trying to win this match. I felt no drama in this match, which there should have been. They're two brothers wrestling for a chance to move on in a tournament. There's just no drama. It was just, oh, let's see what they do next. What move they do next? It wasn't it wasn't exciting enough. It wasn't exciting enough where I'm like, oh man, I can't I can't I want this guy to win or this guy to lose or vice versa. And then it got really sloppy because you know Phoenix got hurt doing something, doing a, a, a stupid move, and then <laughs> you know, and then the matches fell apart, you know, and they had to rush it. That was scary. And got and things got scary later. We'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was just like I said, I think a lot of people were just will overrated. But um, I mean, I, I I don't know. I, the the only thing I've seen about that match is people just thought it was really fun, and I and I would say the same thing. It was really fun. I don't, I, because I don't expect anything different from those guys, you know? Like, you're going to expect really uh, risky moves. You're going to expect these guys to try and get over as much as humanly possible. You're going to expect them to do stuff because they trust each other. And, you know, sometimes stuff happens. But there, I mean, there is, there is an argument out there that um or give a story what why can't but why but can't they could those, a story? You, you, would you expect that out of those guys though well someone needs to tell them tony khan needs to go up to them and say hey you know i want to see this out of your match i know you you know and then they could still do a bunch of moves and stuff but like give me some kind of a story maybe they shake hands and they're all cool and they're brother and brother pentecost just you know pentagon just jumps on him and now he's really aggressive with his brother now we have now we know who the heel is and who the baby face of this match is and now we want to see phoenix win and now we want to see phoenix pull out all his crazy moves to survive this you know and then his brother tries to break his arm you know but he he reverses it don't don't let him break your arm because your not arm's not gonna be really broken next week you'll be fine you'll be doing flips again next week like tease the arm break oh my god i can't believe he's going to this length to win this match but phoenix somehow reverses that and gets out of it now he's fighting back now he's on the offense now pentagon's reeling oh shit my brother's my younger brother's taking it to me oh my god cut off big almost pack of pouch reversal cradle one two i'll oh, kick out you know like build some drama it's just a bunch of shit i mean sorry to say i'm sorry i am sorry if i like it that's great I'm, I'm happy for you but in my opinion it wasn't that good all right so my last like was the moxley kingston stuff i thought it was awesome and you know i i've i've um i you know i i'm gonna bring up moxley because i've talked to him about certain things but the i think sometimes what makes his promos stand out is the fact that there is the other stuff that happens, which uh, I think, you know, you haven't said this in a while, but I, I'm pretty sure about like a month and a half ago, people were taking shots every time you said the word Gaga. Moxley is, you know, usually his style, his promos, his matches are kind of, you know, the opposite of that. And I think, I think because... They have so many different things going on. When you do see his style, it stands out as like, oh, wow, this is the main event. This is what you're supposed to do in the main event. Oh, the main event is supposed to be serious. This other stuff is kind of, you know, it's kind of goofy and it's okay, but that's not the main event. And when you get to the main event, this is like what you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know. I Like I said, I really appreciate both Kingston and Moxley this week and, you know, selling me on pro wrestling and making me excited about a Sia stip a big step match like this and I quit match and um you know I think they're gonna bring it I really do I think they are I think they I think they'll you know because of course this is what drives me nuts too like just was it last week yeah last week we saw a match that was no disqualification right 
in a couple weeks, we're going to get another match with no qualifications. I quit match. So if they would just had a damn straightforward match this week, it'd make the even I quit match feel that much more special uh, coming up at the pay-per-view instead of having one, you know, Mox in almost every show, he kind of just goes outside and does a bunch of stuff. You know, I mean, I guess that's the MJF match. He didn't really do too much of that, but, but you know what I mean? I'm just, but I liked what they did. I liked mm-hmm. it. Just straightforward promo built to a match. And I want to see it. Okay, was there anything else on your likes list before we I move did, to dislikes? Yes, one more. I did like um, of the first round matches. I really did enjoy. I mean, I liked okay, obviously Omega Kiss, not just because of the magic. I just liked it because what it did to elevate Kenny Omega. Um, I liked Adam Page, Colt Cabana overall. I thought it was. Uh, I liked their chemistry. Uh, maybe a little bit too long. The only thing I didn't like about the match is that stupid bump that he took. Adam Page took off the top rope, and he got pushed off the top rope, and he took that uh, Swanton bump or forward bump, you know, off the top and hit his back on the apron. I thought that was just stupid as hell. Um, he should have been talked out of not doing that spot. If it was me, I would say no, don't do it. <laughs> and if he says no, I'm most okay. If you're worried about my, if you're worried about my health, I, I don't worry. I can hit it. I'll be fine. I, I, I do it all the time. I've done it before. I'd be like, yeah, that's cool, and I think you can do it. But let's do it when it means something, mm-hmm. not just in the middle of pay per view. Well, I'll do it. Okay, how about this? Maybe um, you know everyone thinks Adam Page and Kenny Omega is going to be the uh, final, the final two in this tournament, right? It seems like mm-hmm. we're building that way. But what if Omega comes out? There's a ref bump with Paige and Wardlow and out or MJF comes out, distracts the referee or something. And Omega shows up and pushes Paige off the top. And he does that bump. And Mm -hmm. it leads to Wardlow, Wardlow beating Paige. Mm -hmm. And now we're now there's a reason. Now there's an issue there. Now there's something to this feud. You know, that's, you know, now Omega did something dirty to Adam Page and, you know, I you know just something like it would have meant something there, but here it just says I what I think it was the cutoff spot, if I believe it was the cutoff, and it meant nothing because he was fine and and he you know he's able to do his flips and his uh, uh what do you call that the buckshot lariat no problem you know that that's a spot you do to really injure a guy to take him out and cart off on a stretcher or something that's a big spot. Um, but other than that, I mean, you take that out. I thought they had a you know good match, good chemistry. I like Cole Cabana personally. I, I think he's uh, entertaining i like i i he's fun entertaining to me he's you know i know a lot of people some people don't like him um some people don't like his style but he's a good wrestler along with the fun and i think he has a good balance and i really enjoy um him out there and and, um i'm not i'm not a big fan of this dark order stuff i'm not i don't like him in it i wish they could just be cole cabana and be a real fun you know mid-card act and maybe occasional title challenger i think he did title did he challenge for the title yet for the cody did they do that yet Mm, i don't don't even remember you know i agree with you about about colt i had my ideas about him because he's such a fun loving and goofy guy but then when i saw him wrestle for apw Mm -hmm. i was like oh my god he's like way better than i thought just yeah. having a regular match yeah no he's 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 good i mean i've seen him have really good matches um for a long time and you know stuff in nova with him and um chris hero versus uh the kill elite squad they had a freaking tremendous tag team match i think like 2015 ish or whatever when they were in new japan and Noah were doing their thing together 
Um, you definitely should seek that out for people who want to see a, a great Cole Cabana match. Check that, check that match out. Um, um, he's talented, and I thought they had a, a, a decent match. I just hated that bump because I'm like, dude, why waste it here when mm-hmm. you could do it when it really, really means something? All right, so before we talk about our dislikes, uh, one more break to talk about Bet Online. I've mentioned, you know, tons of times about what you can do at Bet Online. Uh, the World Series is split one and one, so you can bet on the World Series. There's football games this weekend, and there's the UFC show on Saturday. I, I'm pretty sure I have two bets in mind on the UFC show. I'm not going to say them here just in case they both lose, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm kind of intrigued on a, on a couple fights. Uh, one of them, including the main event, though, heart of hearts, I'm going to pick Khabib. The Gaith G odds are pretty awesome, and maybe this might just be me being influenced by uh, Moxley's, uh, his reasoning, his, his passionate reasoning. But um, so, bet online, go and, and check out all of the stuff that they have on there game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Um, you can get in on their season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. So head to Bet Online and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the uh, the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all in one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's get to the dislikes. I'm going to assume, just based on our conversation, that your dislike list is going to be a little bit longer than mine. No, not, I only got two more. So we talked uh, about a couple already. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this is a small one, but I had this conversation in our Fight Game Podcast Facebook group, which is, I think since the last pay per view where he was in the Battle Royal, Darby uh, Allen has just seemed less, uh, you know, the hot guy to me, just less and less and less. And this uh, promo, this uh, vignette that they did. With uh, who? Who did he do with Steve O? Steve O. Yeah, it just seemed really dumb to me. I didn't like it at all. I don't think it makes him to be a bigger star. I, I just it just make and and this could be my old guy moment. Even though you know, I I don't know. I don't think this is an old guy moment. But a lot of the stuff that he did in just in this small vignette, I was like, okay, like. Yeah, and roll so you can, what you can roll down a half pipe in a body bag yeah you, you, you're you're in pain but you're tough to get up we really didn't we just saw it just the seems bag. dumb to me it doesn't seem cool now to some people it may seem cool like you know there's a whole genre of uh videos going back you know 20 years of you know <laughs> just people doing dumb stuff and getting hit and getting hit in the balls and it's fun. But I'm watching this and I'm going like, you know, I saw Darby Allen as some guy that at one point I wanted to beat Cody for the, for the championship, the TNT championship. And now I look at Darby and go, you know, who's actually cooler than Darby, this guy, Ricky Starks, cause he doesn't do yeah. dumb stuff. Yeah. And so I feel like Darby has taken a little bit of a fall when it comes to, you know, who, who's sort of next in line. A whole genre, the whole idiot genre. That's what we should label it. My God. Um, also, like, like you know, they're catering to these young kids and 
great. We're showing them to roll down half pipes with in body bags. So that's going to be fun. Um, yeah, it's a waste of time. And it and like, it was so fast. It had no impact either. Right. And if, don't we see this like almost every week with Darby doing well? Stunt? So, so what happens is, is like, we'll see a vignette and then maybe the next week we'll see another vignette. And then all of a sudden Darby's music plays and he attacks somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets hurt mm-hmm. and then he goes away and then we see a vignette and then he comes back and then we see him again and then he gets beat up and it's just like wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's just, you know, it's Tony's, you know, um, just his weakness as a booker. He's just, he's young. He's, he's repeating stuff that he knows and he, that worked good in early in the year and even in the middle of the year and still goes to it. Um, he still Does it surprise you that I, I'm assuming, I don't know this for sure. Cause I, maybe we asked him about it, but um, like, he's like a gigantic ECW fan. Tony Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he definitely, cause why did he bring that damn FTW bill back? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the, the toy title. Like, I mean, that's not shade at ECW for me, but just some of the things that, he thinks are sort of shocking or whatever as a booker that, you know, I'm oh, he, sure. yeah, he's definitely, well, obviously he's definitely a big ECW guy. And I think he sees Darby as what, like a Sabu-ish in a way, I guess, or a, uh, or Jeff, I guess Jeff, a lot of people compare him to Jeff Hardy, but I don't know. It's uh, like you said, like with, like I'm with you, dude, like Ricky Starks is interesting to me. Like he, I want to see more Ricky Starks. I want to see him wrestling. I don't want to, I don't want to see him, beat guys on dark i want to see him beat guys on dynamite mm-hmm. he can squash dudes on dynamite and keep building him up and just give him a squash and let him cut a promo and anyway, we so used to say this about mjf too um which they don't do as well um but ricky has the goods man he has the goods and i'm looking forward to his match and dark this week actually i'm gonna definitely watch that match um what is the match i don't know i can't tell you you have to uh, find out oh, uh, but i'm definitely looking forward to it and uh y'all all everyone from the fight game group should be watching it um so, I want to see like he just stands out. Yeah. I mean that promo that he they they had with Cage and Taz and Starks. You know they gave Cage a line and you know he got through it. <laughs> and then and, you know Taz was you know Taz is Taz. Taz is solid. He was awesome. And Rick and then you know they know what to do. Yeah. Let oh, yeah. Ricky let, let Ricky close the show. Um, give me more Ricky Starks, please, please give me more of him. They haven't established Cage enough to where this would be awesome if they went here. But, you know, obviously Cage, he comes, you know, you see Cage and you're like, ah, you know, this guy's gigantic. He's he's so impressive. And Ricky comes in as his sidekick. I wish Cage was a little bit more pushed and more of like the, a, a top guy because it could be like the whole Rock Farouk thing where the guy who leads that group doesn't know that his understudy is the one that's actually going to be the guy of that group. I, I, that's such a cool storyline, but I don't think that they've pushed Cage strong enough to where that would well, be 100% meaningful. Cage can never carry that 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 angle. He can never do it because he doesn't have the chops, the charisma to pull it off. He, you know, if Ron Simmons was a, you know, wasn't the most charismatic guy, but he can he can, you know, he can carry a segment like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he can be the badass leader. And talk down to people, you know. Um, um, just Cage just can't do that. He needs a mouthpiece. That's why they put Taz with him. Like, oh, that was a good move. But, yeah. but Cage needs to be beating dudes on TV. He needs to establish that belt somehow, some way. He's already lost to Moxley in a big match. They need to... Who did he have a match with recently? 
um, uh, Hobbs. Hobbs, yeah. I mean, you know, he had a match with Hobbs, and then he's now he's just off. They keep Tony Khan needs to find a balance, and this is what happens when you give too many matches long, long times instead of being short with certain matches and or shaving off time on certain matches. You know, they all have to go 15 minutes. They can go 10 or 12 or even eight. And you could, you know, put a squash here and there of someone and, you know, of, of Cage or, or, or Ricky Starks or MGF, please. <laughs> um, okay, so what was on your dislike list? Um, Wardlow and Jungle Boy did not like that match yeah. at all. Um, first of all, and I was talking to someone about this and it was made, made a great point. It should have been Jungle Boy in there. I don't think beating Jungle Boy just to beat him here was a good move. This would have been a good idea to have. I know it's not your favorite guy, but hear me out. Warlow and Luchasaurus. Mm -hmm. Two big guys. I I like that way better. And and, and you can have them do a big man match. Keep it short. Keep it simple. And have Warlow beat Luchasaurus and be unconvincing. Like, oh, damn. You know? This match, I didn't like it because... Jungle Boy and Warlord are just even, basically. I know Warlord is dominating, but then he makes that big comment. But then Warlord's just bumping all around. He's mm-hmm. just flying around. Instead of like, I, you know, it should have been, you know, he's a cat and mouse game. Warlord catches him. Now he's taking over. And then finally Warlord makes a mistake. And now, and now Jungle Boy's on the offense. And, you know, no dive outs, please. No bumps to the outside. How about just go to the ta- top rope and try to hit some moves? A big back elbow on the top rope while Warlow stumbles. Goes to the top ro- uh, top rope, does maybe like a some kind of move where it's, you know, a, a flying kick. And he still stumbles. Then he does a flying drop kick and finally he takes that bump. Boom. Oh, my God. He kind of got big Warlow off his feet. And then Warlow does that nip up. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Boom. Big clothesline. Fl- makes him do a flip. That's when you do a f- spin bump, not just do it randomly in every freaking match. <laughs> Boom, spin bump. Holy shit, he just knocked him for a loop. Holy shit, he hits his big finisher on Jungle Boy. Oh, my God. And this is where we, because everyone, I mean, even Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder all together could see that Adam Page is beating Cole Cabana. Mm-hmm. Now, you have, now you have someone like, oh, shit, can, Brian, can, can Adam Page defeat Wardlow? Wardlow mm-hmm. looks like a beast, man. Like, build that, like... Build adversity for Adam Page. Can he get by this guy? Can he do it? Like, I mean, don't just assume people are like, oh, we know it's going to be Adam Page and can he make it? Like, build some like doubt in our minds that, man, maybe Warlow is going to be the guy. That, and how does he get past it, this guy? You know what I mean? So it was just, I just would have kept Jungle Boy out of this situation. I would have just sacrificed Luchasaurus because, you know, Jungle Boy is going to be a star. Luchasaurus is going to be Luchasaurus. So. Yeah, it wasn't an impressive enough win for it to really mean anything over Jungle Boy. Well, yeah, because like if if we're looking fly around for Jungle Boy, we sure damn know that Adam Page should be able to handle him, right? Mm-hmm. So it's um, funny you mentioned the the flip bump on the clothesline because I was watching the a uh, the NXT main event mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, 
the flip bump clothesline in the main event. I was like, oh, I, I, I see that often. And now I saw it in the main event on NXT. Yeah, but they, they but I think they're the only ones that did it, right? Yeah. And no, I, no. For, for, I think for that show, I, I can't remember if they did it. There, there may have been one in the, uh, the six man, the, the, yeah, the six man tag. Yeah. Um, oh, they probably. Yeah, maybe there was. You never know. That match was was, was a lot. Of, <laughs> a lot of stuff happened to that match too. It seemed I, like I, it seemed like that match was fairly edited. Was that a live match? It's a live. Yeah, this live. Uh, maybe the cam. The, ca- the cameras are pretty smart. I think that they, they're cutting away to stuff uh, at certain points. I think pretty smartly. Um, okay. So the other thing that I had as a dislike. So I didn't hate the main event. I didn't think the main event was a bad match. I thought it was a dangerous as fuck match and so this is a bad match <laughs> and, and, and when reynolds got hurt you know so some people have this opinion you know when wwe stops matches when people get hurt like it ruins the flow it absolutely does ruin the flow but just because they're taking care of the people and i don't know if the talent didn't really know what was going on but that they dude knew. that dude was like in you know paralysis for a second with with how he got hit with that with that move and then he just got pulled into the corner so they could tag him and keep him out and thankfully you know he got up and it seems like he's okay but when you watch that back you're just like man what a dangerous match and after penta already had gotten hurt they you know they're still doing this stuff and it's like "Mm, i don't know if this is as meaningful as you guys think it is to risk somebody getting hurt like this I, I it just leaves you with a little bit of a nauseous feeling when you watch wrestling when you see that stuff and it makes me realize they haven't learned anything from matt hardy situation because that was a very scary situation with alex reynolds the way he you don't know what could happen and then i can't believe blade or pepper parks he's a veteran in there yep you know and he grabs the guy and drags him. You don't know if this guy has a broken neck. Right. You don't know what. I mean, it was messed up from the go from everyone involved in that match. They should have. It should have been stopped. I don't know where the the the, the main trainer guy's right there at ringside. Why did I? Why did he jump in there and pull him out? You know, like and pull him out or do something or you know. One, I, I tweeted about this because I was so pissed. Um, referee Rick Rick Knox. No freaking clue how to handle this situation. Mm-hmm. Didn't even check on him. Didn't even drop down on it. Who cares if, you know, drop down and check on the guy. Talk to him. Touch him. Grab his hand. See if he's okay. Communicate with him. Nothing. He barely even, he didn't even look at him. It was just on to the next spot. where Because where, we're all Rick Noctos anyways. Just walk back and forth with his hands in the air like, oh, that's his spot. That's, his, that's why the Young Bucks love him because he doesn't do anything. Um, and... He doesn't check him. Finally, he checks him towards like after they, after they did a bunch of moves. Then he had to get up and do a spot, and he's just barely can get to his feet. This is scary, man. That was a really bad, bad, bad situation. It could have got could have been really bad. And who's in his ear? Who's in Rick Knox's ears? Do they have? Do they have? They must have earpieces, right? Uh, you would hope so. I, I mean, I would. I, Why, I think they have to. I know Tony Khan's on the headset. He should say, "Guy's knocked out." St- you know, he needs to be on that. I know it's the main event. I get it. I get it. And it's not 1980s or even the 90s or even to early 2000s anymore, right? We now with all all our information about mm-hmm. concussions and even to, beyond concussion, been it could have been a spinal injury, mm-hmm. neck injury, yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, they got to really get some training for those referees. They really do. I'm sure some know CPR and, you know, people love to jump on WWE, but those referees are trained, not just trained to how to, you know, notice the guy's hurt. They're trained how to properly take care of a guy, not to move the head, maybe have mm-hmm. a cervical injury. They they know exactly what to do. They have training on that, you know, not 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 monthly, but they have fresher courses. They it's constantly you know, just like we have training at my work for how to use the fire extinguisher, something never happens. Like, you know, like every year. So, like, same thing. Like, they train the referees to get the, make sure they're able to take care of the wrestlers because that's not their job. Is not just to count the pinfall or call for a submission victory. It is to be to protect the wrestlers in the ring. And so, that was really just disappointing to see. And the match was just a bunch of bullshit in the beginning. With it's just you know. This whole thing was so waste of a time. We just want to see the Young Buck versus FDR. Mm-hmm. And the guys in the match are the guys that Young Bucks want to want to um want to do their style. That's the only reason, you know, you know, the Blade and Butcher can be good bases and Party City can do all the spots with them. Same thing with the um the Dark Order guys. They could do their their spots with them. Um total waste of time. Um, they could have done something more creative. They could have done something more creative, just basically Young Bucks versus Party City because Party City, they try to tell that story where Party City got that big upset on them. Back in the title tournament early in uh, 2019, they could have played that like, oh man, you know, can the Young Bucks beat them? You know, they had their number or something, you know, like they could have played, just had those two teams go at it and they could do all their spots. But a lot of sloppy wrestling, um, a lot of, a lot of, well, they did actually did have some near falls. Thank God. Um, they did go for covers here. So I was a little happy with that, but, and the best, my favorite part of the match was when, uh, uh, Quinn's on his roll, right? Everyone had a spot in the match. Everyone had their moment, right? It's like, it was like the Royal rumble. Everyone comes in, does a spot, right? They go on a run. And when Ken does that flip dive over the top rope, and I think it was on the, it was on the Alex Reynolds. And then uh, uh, Dax or Cash, one of the two, said, why don't you just go there and punch him? <laughs> Instead of, you know, jumping on top rope and, you know, hurt your tailbone, you know, oh, well, you know, like these guys are idiots. Like, that, I mean, I know that's part of their character. That's what they're talking about. But eh, it might be a little bit, a little reality there, too. So that was pretty funny. But. This match was uh, it was a pretty bad main event overall. Beyond just Alex Reynolds getting hurt, it, it, to me it was just a bunch of nonsense. So I'm kind and of fin- what about the finish? What about the finish? What about the ending? Oh, not the finish, the ending of the match. What do you think about that? Yeah, so uh, so I was gonna say I'm a little confused because Jr. is trying to tell this story that the Young Bucks are frustrated because they're a bit of a disappointment a disappointment from what people thought mm-hmm. they would be. The problem with telling that story is it's a little bit meta meta because people know, at least people close to the thing know that the reason why they weren't the top guys is because you know that they wanted to help put others over. Yeah, but he's not trying to tell that story. Okay, but the problem is, it's see through, right? Like everyone can sort of see through, except for maybe the most casual of casual fans. 
And that's who their commentary should be for, not the hardcore hardcores. But well, what what, num- what what number is that though? If you have seven hundred fifty thousand people watching, are the casual fans five hundred? Because if the casual fans are five hundred, I'm fine with the way that Jr. told that story. But if the casual fans are one hundred or two fifty, then you sort of go, oh, "Come on, Jr. You're like you're being silly here." Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know what that is. I'm just saying, you know, to me. I get why he's trying to tell that story, but it doesn't, you know, JR is supposed to be the the truth, right? He's supposed to be the 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 eyes of the fan. He's telling us the truth. But the fact of the matter is the story isn't that they're disappointing. I don't at least I don't think. The story is that they're like whiny baby dicks and so you have the um uh FTR who are like the bullies. And then you have the young bucks, who are the jerks, and I'm just like, who am I supposed to root for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, circle back real quick. The finish was dumb too because after all those moves, a billion moves, it was roll up that won the match, which always pisses me off. But anyways, Jr. is trying to explain that they were favorites to win the tournament. They failed. They've been frustrated, and now it's kind of maybe pushed them to this, this, this added new ad, newfound attitude, and now they're you know desperate to. Do whatever to you know get the titles and do, you know that kind of bullshit. But I mean, I think as Jr. you have to you have to talk. You, know, you can't just talk about like it's a work. You have to talk. Oh, they 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 want to put the they want to put the private party over because they they're trying to push new acts as executive uh, producers of this company. You know they have to. You know he's selling the story. He's a to- but, but I, see, but that's what I'm saying is I don't think that's the story unless you're trying to get over something that doesn't exist. Because to me, the story is. They yeah they 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 they're a little bit of a disappointment, but they're also like dicks. Like, oh wait, that's no, it's story. It's completely completely confusing. In this in this post match after birth of this sh- this freaking match was equally confusing. Leading into their uh, tag team title match at the pay per view. First of all, why is Tully Blanchard masked, covered up? Why is it like who's this guy? Who's helping FTR? It's just Tully Blanchard. Why can't Tully Blanchard just jump in there and help FTR? Secret you know? power. This what? He was a secret power. A s- <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't I get think, the reference. I think, I, I think it was literally... Stupid. No, the, yeah, they were trying to get people to go, oh, who is that? Who is that? Oh, of course it's Tully. They're goofing on us. They're trolling us. The bad guys are being bad guys, of course. It's just so stupid. I just It was just... It just he should just came out and now he's you know now the odds aren't even now because now totally we know he's a you know even though he's older he was still a a badass wrestler not badass wrestler he was a you know jerk heel wrestler now he's taking cheap shots now he's helping helping uh his team spike powell drive this team and then they're pilmanizing matt jackson's leg and now i'm like well are they baby faces they're just being they're just super kicking Tony Giovanni, Alex Marvez, and being totally annoying pricks. So now I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to have sympathy for them, or do I? Or who's the babyface? Is it FTR? Because I'm not kind of more into, into I think the FTR babyface. Because you know, like I, I don't mind seeing Matt Jackson and his uh, his uh, you know baby crummy attitude, you know, get his ankle broken personally. So it's just uh, really confusing. I, I don't think they know what they what they're doing. I I think they're trying to be clever, but they're not. Okay, do you have anything else on your That's dislikes? It. 
That's it, my friend. Okay, so let's talk about NXT. Mm-hmm. I uh, I will let you know that I have a few more dislikes on NXT than I did on AEW, but it's like really small stuff because I, I enjoyed both shows. The part that I disliked the most, um, I almost feel like they set up this main event because on paper... It's a good main event. Like, it's an actual main event for, you know, you put it on the marquee. Okay, that's a good main event. You know, whatever AEW has on the other side, we have this. It's going to be a good wrestling match. And I felt super bait and switched by the time they got to what the main event was. No matter what the what the outcome was. It was, it was fun to see, you know, the title change. I thought that was kind of cool. But I just felt like totally bait and switched with what the main event I was about to see, which I was kind of excited for, and what it became, which, again, it was still a good match, but it just feels like they put that there because they knew that fans would be okay with that as the main event, and they weren't confident that, uh, you know, Oni Lorcan and, Dan- and Danny Birch were main event guys, so they kind of, like, pushed something else and just hoping that, you know, we were going to be okay with a good main event and be fine with that. Like, I think most people were, I just felt I, I thought that was a little sleazy. It wasn't sleazy. This was just storytelling. I mean, they can't just put Danny Burch only Lorcan out there as as a as a cold match. One that one they lost last week. Right. I was pro- I personally had this. I personally had this as my like. Um, okay, but I explain to me itself. what you just said. What about they lost last? They week? lost last week. They're turning heel, right? So with the Mac, story, yeah, is, with, with Pat McAfee. McAfee. Yeah, yeah, and it was obviously Rich Holland was supposed to be with them, right? And I have a feeling that this was kind of uh, escalated or uh, expedited, excuse me. Right, because um, of because of Ridge is injured. Yeah, originally, so. Holland would have been the guy to help them win the win the match. No, oh, yeah, I, 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 I would. Yes, yes, I believe that's what would would have happened. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I think McAfee probably would have been a reveal. Probably sometime, sometime down the line. Obviously, maybe even early as November, but not not now. I think they had a like I said, expect this situation. But I was into like, what's going on? Like, who's attacking these mm-hmm. guys? And then once I saw Birch and the way they reacted in the back, they kind of like they kind of they kind of just were like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Why are they here, right? And so I enjoyed the mystery. Who's taking out Fish? Who took out Strong? Um, so I liked it, but yeah, you, I mean, it's just storytelling. I mean, you know, of the hour, you want people hooked. The, the mystery was the hook, right? As you're watching it, you're like, you want to know who, what's going to happen here. That's the idea, right? That's what they want you to do. They want you to hang around for the mystery. And, um, you know, I enjoyed it. I I liked that McAfee's back because I really enjoyed his match with Adam Cole. And I lo- loved his heel, his heel shtick. I think he's he's fantastic. And I want to. I'm, I'm. I expect him to be back because you don't have a performance like that and get a get that. Uh, you don't get that juice, you know, from performing like that and not want to come back. And I thought he did a great job with that stuff with Adam Cole, and and so him back as uh, you know Pete Rose, player manager for the. Well, we'll see who else is going to join because I think they need to replace Ridge Holland, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so um, I think it's 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 cool, and you know you don't have Pac McAfee wrestle every week, but you know you use it sparingly, maybe in the next takeover or or whatnot. So I liked it personally. I thought it was good. I don't was it a bait and switch? 
I mean, they advertised the match and they switched it, but there wasn't. It wasn't like it, like there wasn't like a, good, a good reason. There was a good reason behind it. It wasn't like they just so, like want to screw people. I, I think you know the match was good. The title changed. It's not like WWE's like, hey, this would be great to screw the fans. Like, no, no, no. no. I, they, I, I like don't they, think they were. I don't. I don't. I don't think that was that was the thing. I, but I. But I do think that you know, so if if you actually and there was a title change, yeah. But but if you advertise that match, people are going to be like, mm, I'm not so sure. I'm switching from the 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 AEW main event. But the way that they did it, it probably people were kind of sitting on you know a little bit, and they probably didn't switch because of it which you know whatever I, I i just think i thought i thought it was maybe not sleazy because the the payoff i think to most people was okay uh to me i'm not a mcafee guy i think he's kind of a goofball but um if that would have been ridge holland then that impact that you were talking about i would have been like okay that a hundred percent made up for it. So some of what I probably feel is just that I just think McAfee's kind of a goofball. But um so Well I knew it was McAfee uh because Rich Holland showed up with that new sports car. Right? Right. And I was like, well who's gonna be the benefactor? And I was thinking like, you know, with the UE and this and Adam Cole, it just seemed that, you know, Pat McAfee would want revenge. So I, I kinda had a feeling maybe McAfee's coming back. Um and it's cool. This is a. It would have been a cool group too with Ridge and and you know these these, you know with Birch and Oni would have been perfect. Like nice little badass group. But mm-hmm. it's unfortunate what happened. So, but I think you know what they said. They 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 wanted the mystery. They wanted to hang out for the mystery. They gave you a payoff with the title change. They gave you a payoff with the reveal of Pat McAfee. Um, so I think it was for all positive. It wasn't like I said. I don't think it was a typical bait and switch where they're just you know trying to get out of a situation there it's building to the story the longer storyline which is going to be the undisputed error versus mcafee and his guys mm-hmm. whoever the Probably whoever the Survivor fourth. series right war games yeah 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 exactly that's that's usually their november show so that could definitely be uh be the case okay so i'll talk about uh some of my likes and i'll start with kushida i really liked uh kushida getting a win the only problem with this match, and I'm interested in in your point of view on this. So, you know, I, I've I've not been uh, shy about my dislike of Dream, especially now this version of Dream. I feel like they're overdoing it with him to the point of sort of like how Baron Corbin is on WWE. People are never going to understand. Baron Corbin's improvement as a, a character and as a wrestler because they use him to troll the fans. And they think that's actually good heat when, in fact, it it sort of hurts him um, because when people see him, they're like, oh, God, he's, the, you know, they're just over pushing him. I, I think some people can see through some of that and really kind of enjoy what, what he, he actually has improved and he actually has become a pretty good wrestler, but because they use him to troll the fans, I think a lot of that fan base just goes, oh God, again, like they're just shoving him down our throat. I'm starting to feel the same way about the dream because I've sensed that I am so biased against him. The second he comes into this match, I'm like, oh God, like I don't even want to watch it now. When in fact, the match was okay. The match was good. I would have, I mean, it's going to be better if it's one-on-one Kushida and Ciampa, but Dream didn't really hurt the match, but I think 
the insistence of him being involved here of him constantly, you know, getting shots and him, you know, having the title shot at Adam Cole, knowing that what I'm watching going like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty smart about this stuff. Why is he here? Why is he in this match? He's not really, he doesn't really fit into this thing. Are they forcing him down our throats? And I'm still, I, I wonder if, you know, his sort of, um, you know, his, his next year, sort of looks like when Baron Corbin came, which was, we're never going to see, we're never going to be unbiased about Baron Corbin because of how they use him, which is to kind of like troll fans. I sort of feel like Dream is going to end up that way. And I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see them utilize a character in that way. I do want to see him improve. I want to see him get better. But there's just something about him that is making me just go like, every time I see him, like, Oh God, this match is going to be so much better without him. And I think that's a little bit unfair, but also it's because I'm just sick of seeing him in these opportunities when I know, you know, Kushida and, and, and uh, Ciampa, which maybe we'll get one-on-one the way that they book, but I just, it was so frustrating to see him. And at the same time, I really loved Kushida in this match. Um, Yeah, I had this match on my likes too. I, I really... I really enjoyed it. It had a little rough beginning, but it, it really kicked into gear. And I a match is, becomes really good to me when I kind of suspend disbelief for mm-hmm. a second. And there was a moment where I thought, oh, man, they're going to put Ciampa over. I want to I see Kushida's run still go. I right, really thought right. when Kushida caught back in and Ciampa's going to hit that DT, I said, oh, shit, they're going to Ciampa's going to win it. But, you know, that was great. Um, but I don't think they're trolling with Velveteen Dream. I think I, 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 mean, I don't think I don't think they're doing that yet. I just sort of wonder or worry. But he fits in this match. He does. He exact. He does. If I mean, he because he's the one that jumped in and interfered in the Kushida Champa match and cost Champa the match. And they've had issues. And they've you know Champa's gone after uh, Dream, etc. So now they had this three way. Now you know. But let's put them in together and have them have a match. And, you know, and so there's a reason for Ciampa, Dream, and Kushida to be in there all together. And because because they all had issues. Kushida had an issue with Dream. Dream got involved in uh, Kushida's match with Ciampa, which cost Ciampa the match. And now here again, it, it costs him. It cost Ciampa a match again when he hit him with the cast. Um um, so it fits because now they're going to, you know, now, now they'll split. Like Kushida should be off to something else now. Hopefully Finn Balor, you know, won't be out too long. Cause I really think, um, that would make a great match at, you know, the November takeover Kushida, you know, um, versus Balor for the title, you know, under the war games match, whatever they decided to do, who that's going to be. We, we kind of, we kind of feel it's going to be undisputed air versus McAfee and his gang. So, so yeah, I think it it fits. He's he's not being troll. He fits in the story perfectly. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's really changed the channel heat for me at this point. Well, yeah, because you know you knew you know the allegations and stuff, and I get that. You know, like you know, you got, you know, yeah you you know you're closer to that story than you know maybe the 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 viewer at home maybe might not be right. And be so I mean it's different. You have a different. View on I mean, him. it's not only that story. It's just the over, like, the push equal to... But what what's his push, though? He hasn't won the championship. I know, but he's but he's he 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 got the, the he got the title shot, which was which was won, and he lost, and he lost. But you know, he like to me, he would 
benefit from just being pulled off of TV even longer than he was and just like let's refigure out like I I don't mind the actual dream character I think the character is strong but I don't think he's good enough yet to really uh carry that uh, uh, carry that character like there's a little bit of like a you know and we'll we'll talk about this in our WCW uh, 1992 review I'm not saying he's Eric Watts but because he's way better than Eric no. was, but <laughs> like when you talk about somebody who was continually given chances and did not really step up to the plate, and then was and then based on what we know about how sports should work, okay, he he can't do it. Someone else. Let's put someone else in. The the dream is nearing that for me to the point of where I'm watching him going like, why is he getting these chances? I don't understand why he's getting these chances. Why isn't somebody else getting his chances? And why isn't he being relegated to, you know, down the, the you know, why, why isn't he down the card? Why is he always in, in this upper card? And when you start thinking that way, as a wrestling fan, you know, then you become biased, which I am. I, I am I'm admitting I am biased towards him, but it's because I don't think he deserves, I don't think he's good enough to deserve his push. I mean, he's a very charismatic guy. I wish, like, this match here, he came out with the camouflage pants and white shirt, and uh, he had cornrows in his hair, which I want to see with the more flamboyant outfits. Like, bring back the purple. Bring back the bright colors. Like, you know, I maybe he, maybe, maybe he did that for a reason because the cast is purple, and it stands out that way, right? If he's in, maybe if he's in too much flamboyant or bright colors, you don't even, rec- even realize the cast is on him or something. But... I think I want to see Velveteen Dream because he was he was pretty hot. He was pretty hot. He was hot. Um, he was definitely. When he hot. Uh, challenged Champa for the title, right? He did suffer some injuries, which put him some setbacks. He was Obviously, also in matches where I thought he was like literally the worst guy. Yeah, because he's green. He's young. I mean, he's he's twenty what three years old, like whatever the hell he is, twenty four. Like he's he's still growing as a worker. That's why he's not up in the main roster yet he still has he's still growing here it's still a training center it's still it's still their quote quote you know developmental in a way you know like he's still being he's still being groomed right for uh he's still being wrong, uh, a wrong word that you yeah 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 wrong right he's still, <laughs> he's still being uh trained up the, so, he, so okay so can we pull back a, just a little bit. Well, he's even ten percent on the overselling. He's an undercard feud with Champa. Like it's a mid card, or that's not undercard feud. It's a mid card feud. It's it's a, it's 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 an a crouton on a salad. It's just a little extra on a you know. It's a little side. It's a side dish. It's an appetizer. Like that's what his story is right now with Champa. You know, and gives it gives them both men to do. While Kashida could go and face a Finn Balor. Why? Uh, Undisputed Eric can face guys like you know McAfee and his gang. Like it, you know, if you're gonna have a guys like Champa, who's a you know a former champion, a main eventer for two years plus, like now he's in the mid card. It's you know doing as this with Velveteen Dream. It's it's a nice thing for them right now. So it's okay, not, but do not you pushing him? He's just on TV because he's a he's still a charismatic guy and still a character. Like I rather see Velveteen Dream than some you know boring guy like at least he's at least you can't take nope. your eyes off him 
Don't you dare call Timothy Thatcher boring. No, he's not. He's definitely not. I'm just saying that he's definitely not. Okay, well, can can we pull back like on the overselling? It's driving me insane. Like overselling in the match, the screaming, the the. But he did that before. This is this is not nothing new. Okay, but he did that one scream, which I don't. I'm not a big fan of the screaming stuff. I didn't like. I don't like it when Sonny Kiss does it. Like so, we don't like it when. But he's he has a different. He does. He he doesn't move like everyone else. That he wouldn't. He wouldn't stand out if he he wrestled like everyone else. He bumps like everyone else. It's not even about the wrestling. It's about the uh, okay. Somewhat it is about the wrestling, but it's it's more so to me about the way that he sells about the overacting and you know that I, I i'm not i'm not gonna say he hasn't improved because i think he has improved a little bit but you know when you talk about this is where i sort of step out of bounds because i don't i don't feel like i have the qualifications to judge a wrestler because i've i've never been in the ring before but there's so much more about him to me that is he is very very hard trying very hard to become what he believes a pro wrestler should be. Whereas you watch Ciampa and Ciampa doesn't have to play pro wrestler. He just is pro wrestler. And so I get all the things you say about him. He's, he's green, he's still young, but at some point, like we can go, okay, how much longer are we going to say that? Cause he's been in NXT for what, two years now at a, at a high level. And I, I wouldn't say that he's improved a ton. I, I sort of feel like he's, you know, I, I would, I, I'm less um, hot on him than I was even six months ago. Yeah, he. I, I think he, when he goes to the main roster, he maybe will catch fire again. I think, but he needs to be built up as well. Like I said, he was off TV. Um, he had that match with Cole. They, then he got some issues. They took him off TV, and now they brought him back. And now he's, you know. He's in the he's in the mid card feed with Tommaso Ciampa. I don't think he's being pushed down our throats. I mean, he's one of the top guys. He's been there for you know he was a featured guy. Like you're not going to not throw him on your television show. I mean, I would use him. And his selling, like he's being different. He's not. He just if he wrestled like Ciampa, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't stand out. You know, he's he's wants to be a character because characters stand out, right? He's a very I think Macho Man might be his favorite wrestler, and you see a lot of Macho Man mannerisms in him, and he wants to be that guy because Macho Man didn't bump like everyone else, right? Macho band, you know, he's he's also awkward to work with too. I know, I know he gets a little awkward because the way he moves and stuff. So, but he stands out like he's different. Like I said, it doesn't feel the same to like everyone else kind of does. Okay. Uh, another one of my likes. Um, I know the six man had its problems, but I liked seeing, um, I like seeing Jake Atlas. I like, she, I like seeing Swerve Scott. Uh, and I, and I like seeing, Guys who I know that they're still sort of on the come up, but I I enjoyed seeing them in that match because it felt like there's a little bit of a steam there's a little bit of steam on that feud, and maybe the match wasn't perfect. There was a lot of indie stuff in that match too, but I liked seeing the young fire. Like I like seeing Jake Atlas get over because he does the cartwheel DDT on the floor. Um, I like seeing him fire up. I like seeing, you know, him sort of maybe sort of be upset that, uh, what's the guy's name that lost the match? 
uh, uh, Anthony Adonis. Yeah, I, I mean, he wasn't pissed off, but just a little bit of like Andre the Adonis, I think. Maybe yeah. So I, I, I just like the grouping of those guys because sometimes you know that cruiserweight division gets lost, and and I think um, that whole group on the other side is so good that you can keep a program very entertaining with those guys because you know just. Uh, the the heels are so good in, in that way. The match, I had some problems with it too. There was a there was a spot where, who who's the guy with the um the short hair but he's clean shaven, uh, uh, walking well. Yeah, he's he's supposed to get like his genitals thrown into the, into the post, and I don't think he actually got there uh, exactly, but he sold it anyways. You know because that's what he's supposed to do. There was stuff like that in that match, but overall, you know, there's blemishes, but I did like. The, the good things that I saw in that match, too. It got a little dangerous, too, with that Spanish fly. I thought uh, that Spanish fly to the floor, that walking wild was basically going to do like a, a Sasuke dive over the top rope, and then uh, Atlas is on the apron, and he's going to catch him into the, and you know, going to do a Spanish fly. He's going to use the momentum to go over to do a Spanish fly as walking wild dived out, but like, Alice went straight down. It's risky. You know, it was very it's a scary. risky move in general. I mean, there was some good stuff. There was some sloppy stuff. Um, I didn't have this on my likes or my dislikes. It was kind of just um, there for me. I like. I liked my favorite part of the match was in, in a move or anything. It was. I like Swerve's fire. Mm-hmm. I like when Swerve was going there and throwing blows on on um, on uh, a, a Santos Escobar. Um, I liked what they used this match. They, they, you know, the heels won, but. Atlas got something on Santos Escobar, so now you can do something on TV. Now you can do like a te- uh, you can do a television title match. Maybe uh, maybe do another another tag match or something like. That. You could just a lot of different ways you can go with this when you have six guys. Mm-hmm. So and you know there's a little bit of that, a little bit of a uh, like choreographedness in, yeah, the, in the beginning, totally. which but it's still down. I, I like like I said, I liked it. I didn't put on my likes or my dislikes, but. Um, it was enjoyable. Okay, what else was on your likes list? Um, the Thatches, Thatch Can segment with Timmy Thatcher and Anthony Green. Um, I love the live segment. Um, perfect timing to do a live, a live Thatches Cash Can segment with Thatcher. Really continue to get his personality over. Um, he's not boring to me at all. He is, <laughs> in my opinion, one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's great. And like just, you know, him calling Anthony Andrew and Alex and and then, you know, perfect, you know, moment where Andrew kind of gets a couple on him and he's like, oh, shoot. Now he, now he just now he beats the shit out of him. I just loved it, man. I thought this this segment was great to kind of reestablish Timmy Thatcher. So. All right. So the other thing that I thought was fun and this is two weeks in a row for me, which is Gargano and Candice. And it's because, you know, they're building up Halloween Havoc. They're building up Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. Gargano is out of his mind. He's so, uh, you know, you know, he, he's so, uh, what, what is the right word? He's so Par- worried. Par- he's paranoid. He's paranoid. He's completely paranoid. And Candace is the sane one. <laughs> And it's just you know he's like, he's going way over the top, which I, which sometimes it bothers me, but it didn't bother me in this case at all. He's like you know he's so mad at the at the at the fake the the little miniature spin the wheel. I really enjoyed it, and I you know I thought they did a really good job of building up that show next week because that show 
I imagine there's going to be a lot of goofiness to that show based on some of the stuff. But man, I like I am so looking forward to NXT. Maybe more so than um, maybe since the uh, Adam Cole and Keith Lee match that they did, where they built up, you know, sort of oh, title versus title. Like maybe this is the you know since then this is the most I've been excited about a specific weekly NXT show. Which I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy the shows pretty much every week, anyways. But just the build, I thought you know they didn't really build this show that well, but they really built the Halloween Havoc very well. Oh yeah, that's that's the you know this is just another level to build towards Halloween Havoc. So yeah, they've been doing a great job with that. Um, this wasn't on my likes or dislikes, but I did enjoy it. Uh, uh, Gargano is very entertaining to me. And I think Candice is doing a really good job. I love the fact that he's getting the, he's getting two death matches, basically a bear to lie. <laughs> what else? What else he got? He got something, uh casket match. Mm-hmm. Right. So that thought that was hilarious. Um, and then, you know, she gets a match that's like catered to her to win. Right. That she thinks she's confident in winning. He's like freaking out. So that was, it was good. They're really, they're really getting their chemistry together with the Gargano segments. And I'm glad they got rid of, uh, I hope they got rid of that stupid, uh, when they would look in the camera and the graphics would happen. And yeah, the voice yeah, would, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they keep it like this. This is um, entertaining wrestling vignettes segment. So I, 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 I dug it. And I'm totally for it because, you know, as, as Gargano in his career, as his career evolves, you know, he did so much wrestling and bumping and crazy stuff. And, you know, not, let's allow him to show his personality so the, so that the only way he doesn't get over is to do a 20 minute match every week like save his body his personality is coming into uh you know big time I think he he's really coming into his personality let's utilize that so that he do, you know he's a great wrestler and I'd love watching him wrestle but let's save that for the matches that count instead of him that's the way he gets over every week yeah, I mean, he doesn't need to wrestle every week, but if you find entertaining segments for him, yeah, it, it works out great. And they, they've been doing that with him. So, yeah, and definitely saving your body with that. All right, so um, another one that I really liked. Uh, actually, no, that was that was it for my for my main likes. Uh, what, I, had what one, I had one last one. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure this is on your dislikes, but I like the Bronson Reed and Austin Theory segment. I, I was like... I think I know, know now know where they're going with this mm-hmm. and it does it's going to pay off with Austin Theory. Obviously he's not quitting, right? I mean it's just part of the story of course. So um I really dug dug what they did. What, especially after the he did this, the the interview where he's like in the back and he's getting in his truck and he's like I quit. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely see where they're going with this now and it should be pretty cool. And um and I like you know and they continue to build Bronson Reed up, which I like. Oh man, I love how they changed his music and they gave him that great Titan Tron. Like, didn't that just make him feel like a superstar when he came out with the, the, the camera? With yeah, I mean, he, right? he he feels like a badass now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it was he was a perfect it finally hit the point where it needed to hit the point with Austin Theory, and he was the perfect last match to where they're gonna go next with him. So I personally liked it. Okay, so what are they doing with Austin Theory? Because a lot of times when WWE does this stuff, it actually, you know, they, they try and make the guy lose like a hundred million times in a row. Mm-hmm. I think he is going to come back with someone, and I think someone's going to take him under his wing. And I, I from, and I think it, 
I mean, for, I, I always kind of thought maybe Gargano would be that guy because mm-hmm. they one they had that promo together, interview together, right? Yeah. Which I thought, huh, the way he's talking to him about, you know, like kid, you have a lot of potential and everything. I said, hmm, they've got an interesting. He'd be good muscle for Johnny Gargano because Johnny's a smaller heel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He reminds me a lot of Eddie Gilbert, um, and that in Eddie Gilbert as a smaller heel would always be surrounded by, um, uh some bigger guys, especially in the UWF Watts used him like that. Cause Watts used him as a manager slash wrestler, but he always had like some muscle behind him. Um, Memphis was different cause it's a smaller territory. A lot of guys are smaller. So he didn't really have too much muscles. Although he had a groups. So I think Austin theory who wants to quit and he's done, but then maybe like a guy like Gargano, like, you know, gets him back and says, I'm going to take, I'm going to take you, you know, you're, you're, you're arrogant kid. You have a lot of potential, but you're arrogant, and you need to take a step back, and I'm going to guide you there. You know, you follow me. I'm going to take you to top. Maybe Austin next week shows up and costs Gargano – I'm sorry, costs Dream Priest the title, and maybe Gargano wins. You know, that that could happen. I could see that happening. Um, but uh, I like – I if that's the case, I like where they're going. Whoever it's going to be. It might not even be Gargano. It might be someone else. I could, that just seemed that, that's fitting. Plus, they had that match together where it was a very – teacher versus student story in that match and even after the match after gargano beat him and he kind of looked at he took a look back at the ring and said like, he's kind of he's impressed right he's impressed so i think that's what they're going to go with this i'm i i am okay with that uh i just worry because a lot of times when this happens it's not for the best but if that is what happens then i am definitely okay with that i and it you know he's a natural heel, but he. I think they see him as a. At least they want. At least they want to attempt to try him out as a babyface. I think him with a mentor who pushes him, who at first is all good, right? It's all good in the family and the teacher versus student. But finally, things don't don't go the way that Gargano wants it. Now he can kind of blame Theory, even though Theory didn't do anything, or it was under Gargano's direction that you know unraveled and cost Gargano a big match and now they're kind of having issues and maybe Candace kind of thinks Austin's cute and maybe there's maybe there's some that kind of stuff you know maybe there's some jealousy there and I think maybe Gar- there he could be a bay face right and mm-hmm. he could, you know he could be that you know I still think he's a future heel I think he just has that natural heel charisma about him but you know he could yeah you that's know, so I think like, there's some cool things out of it if they go that route all right, um, so the first dislike is, um, so there's this adage in the NBA that says, if you are seven foot tall and you can walk and you can chew gum mm-hmm. at the same time, you're going to get drafted in the NBA because of your height. I feel like Jesse Kamea is the walk and chew gum at the same time wrestler in in, in NXT right now. She actually did some things that were a little bit better than, than what I've seen in the past, but she also did some things that I thought were worse than what I've seen in the past. And I just don't know why they're conti- they're putting her on TV when they know that she's absolutely not ready. Yeah, I, this is on my dislike as well as my dislike. This match wasn't good. I Jesse, you can see the potential in her, right? Athletic and and all that, but like she's just too green and Ember's not good enough to carry her. 
I didn't like the story of this match. I didn't like the the Amber came off to me like a heel. I'm supposed to be cheering for us. You're supposed to, she's supposed to be baby face, but she comes off so unlikable and like an attitude. Like she's I know is is it confidence or is she just I think she just has that natural just bitchy about her kind of seems like it comes out to me and the match was stu- like she just like a flip and her backs to her and Kamea doesn't even hit her uh you know Kamea's green like she at one point um ember hits a back kick but hits her knee knee instead of her gut but Kamea still sells a gut because she's green like you know it just was a bad match altogether i it should have been really short because they shouldn't be i mean Kamea, honestly at this point shouldn't get too much offense at all in this match at all like ember should be dominant completely dominant in this match where it's it's just basically just squash it should have been you know maybe kamea gets one move but they let her do some spots and stuff and you know if ember like i said just like jungle boy you know or with or, or wardlow if he's you know able to be pushed around by jungle boy like he's definitely you know, adam page definitely is going to be able to beat him so so same thing with here like ember moon needs to be you know she's back she needs to be dominant and on our way up. All right, what else was on your dislikes? <laughs> Zia Lee versus Casey Canazaro. Like that <laughs> match was a level women bad, in my opinion. <laughs> like it was definitely going that route. Um, it was just bad. And even it, it top it off when Casey made her come back with her slaps that looked so looked horrible. It was just a, this was just a mess. I don't, I don't know. This is really bad, dude. That's all I can say. It okay, so just, so I get it. But I actually disliked the Raquel part because... She saved it, in my opinion, don't you think? No, well, okay, I, I would have rather her saved... I would have rather her destroyed women that they're not sort of trying to promote, in a sense. So let's say that... I, I, guess, I guess there's not women that they're going to put on TV necessarily, but like last week... Xia was all about this whole thing about she needs this match. She needs this match. There's the the guy that's with her now who seems like he's, like, he's being a little uh, a little forceful with her, and she desperately needed this match. And so she loses, and then she gets mad. And so I'm like, oh, wow, like this is actually kind of cool. Like maybe something happens with her. And then she gets killed, and then and then uh, Casey gets killed, and then Caden Carter gets killed, and and they're just sort of, they're basically doormats for the the big women who are gonna be in, be on the big show. Like I think they could have got, I, I think Raquel could have gotten something, whether it was backstage or whether actually not backstage because they did so much backstage stuff. But you know, it, may, maybe maybe if this wasn't this thing that Zia Lee that I actually had some intrigue in, not that I thought it was going to be anything great, but I actually had intrigue and sort of say, okay, well, what are they going to do here? I don't, I don't often see uh, an Asian, you know, an Asian wrestler actually had, there's something interesting here. And then, okay, that they're just fodder for, you know, for big Raquel and that, you know, that, that style, that, that kind of thing is very WWE. And I think in many cases it's fine, but here I was just like, Okay, we could have done that in a different match, or you know, Raquel was is Raquel is over right now. Rhea is over. Um, I just don't know why they had to sacrifice that that little intrigue there. Yeah, yeah, I I'm trying to figure out what they're doing with the storyline. Besides, personally, what yeah, I have no off. idea what. Obviously, doing. someone's blackmailing her or a family member. I'm guessing that's what it is, or some Chinese 
conglomerate is like upset that she hasn't been on the winning ways and she needs to be on the winning track or they're gonna pull her away i don't know what the, i don't know what's going on yeah i'm, um, I'm so interested because i like I, I don't know what to expect and i don't want to expect the worst like that this is going to be this really ugly american thing but I, i'm i'm intrigued like there's a there's a chinese woman who mm-hmm. in in general i don't see Asian, uh, you know, Asian women uh, 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 that often, except if they're Japanese. Yeah. And and so it's kind of cool. Like, oh, wow. Like there, there's something going on here. And then, you know, she was just a fodder for, you know, the 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 the, the giantess. Yeah. I Well, I was ha- I was happy when Raquel showed up because this match was so bad. I think they should deserve to get powerbombed and destroyed. The, the, um, the Casey part that kind of I, I laughed a little bit at is um I think she essentially just did like a big splash, but she had to do like a half flip and side twist and and just so it did her own thing. But at the end of the day, I was like, this is the same thing if you just did a big splash because you're 95 yeah. pounds. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, she, I know, but, you know, she's probably put her little flair. Oh, in totally, it, guess, totally, right? totally. She's but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know. Zaya, maybe it's part of the story. Like, you know, now, now she lost. Did she lose? Yeah, she lost that match. Mm-hmm. Now she lost that match that, um, you know, and she got her butt kicked by Raquel, embarrassed whoever, you know, whoever's has issues with her. Um, I'm not really that interested in this storyline because just I'm trying to figure out who would be the payoff or has to be some, I don't know what, what women they have on the roster that's, uh, that would be feuding with her over this. Uh, or maybe it's a man. I don't know. But um, who's, her benefactor that's she's not really being successful i don't know it's weird but we'll we'll see what their their payoff is it might, might be something they just drop you know like mm-hmm. you never know all right what else on your list um i somebody would usually complain about AEW on but i hated all the lack of entrances for half the like most of the matches the guys are in the ring um i i don't like that i I like entrances. I think they make people look like bigger stars, especially certain. Okay, I can understand certain matches. Maybe, maybe one of the competitors doesn't have an entrance, you know. Um, but like Austin Theory, I think you give that guy an entrance um, for sure. Dan, the title match main event, I think you give Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch a, an entrance. They were just, you know, they come back from commercial and they're in the ring and and they're they're the introduction. So that just, I just that kind of stuff bothers me. All right. Is there anything else? That's it. All right. That's it for me too. We've talked about the other things that I that I want to talk about. Um, so just so people know, we're gonna have a show Saturday night after the UFC. Um, myself, Justin, and probably Moxley. I think I think we're gonna be able to make that happen. Um, you know, I think he's still doing uh, whatever. In uh, uh, I think they had a. Is he? He may have been. Was this a live show for uh, for AEW? I think this one was live, but I don't know if they're taping next week. Yeah, they, I think they taped the next day or something. So he's he's probably in. Well, I know they. I know they're taping stuff today. Yeah, I know so, so he he stuff, he's so. still in. You know, at Daly's place. But so you know, if all things good, he comes back. You know, he's he's got his rest. He'll he'll try and be on the show. Um, and then on Sunday, um. I'm going to talk to the great Robert Silva because we, because of the G1, we weren't able to discuss his uh, greatest fights of all time, just the last few fights that we hadn't talked about. And I know he wants to talk about the Thrilla in Manila because that was his number one show or his number one fight. 
So we'll talk about that a little bit in detail. And then that's on the same show that you and I will come back and, and do our WCW review, the show right before the night of the Halloween Havoc show. So uh, so, so that, that'll be it for this weekend. Um, but yeah, so we're done here. So for John, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.